This is season four of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, useless invention information and vroom, vroom. It's a German car. Useless car information. Yabor! <laughs> Plus, we'll open up Roy's mailbag. I know it sounds oh, weird. Yeah. My Plus, news from around the world. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to episode number 18. Here we go. This is totally useless vehicle information with Nick, meet me, and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> So now you you go around and you're driving around and you look at different cars and have different car names. How how do the car companies come up with names of these cars? Automotive companies as a whole dedicate a lot of resources into naming their products. Marketing, design, and communications teams, they come together to develop a pool of potential names. They take into consideration the looks of the vehicle, the types of people the vehicle will be marketed to, Company history and so much more. So that's basically it. There's a team of people that come up with the names of the cars. Yeah, and they do these test things, you know. Uh, have, focus groups. Focus groups. I was actually uh, in charge of a focus group for the Audi A4, the launch of the Audi A4. And we used to get people in and let them see the car and sit in it and tell us what they thought and how they felt and what they wanted. Excellent. Yeah, focus groups, colors. Yeah, it's really cool. So... In 1896, the first recorded speeding ticket was issued. 1896. 1896. You know what the speed was? Oh, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't think it's pretty fast. Any fast? Um, that was English. I don't know how fast was it. Eight miles per hour. Oh wow! It was a. It was literally. Think about this. A horse and carriage can go ten miles per hour. They were doing eight. And the cop just decided, hey, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and he went over, stopped them, and gave them the first recorded speeding ticket in history, eight miles per hour. Wow. Yep. Now, the car company Toyota. Oh, by the way, the cop was on a tricycle when he gave it to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> With training wheels. Now, Toyota didn't start out as a car company. It wasn't called. I didn't called... Even know it was called Toyota. Well, I'll... there's a reason why I'm, I'm spitting it out for you. It wasn't called Toyota either. In 1926, Sakichi Toyoda founded the Toyota Automatic Loom Works, a company that made looms, not cars. In 1933, Toyota's, think of Yoda, right? Toyota's son, Kichiro, started a separate motors division, and the company's cars quickly took off. Right. Now, how did we get from Toyota to Toyota? In 1936, the company held a competition to design a new logo. And the winner consisted of the three Japanese characters that made up the Toyota name. After giving it some thought, the Toyota family decided that the slightly tweaked Toyota was stronger. Writing out Toyota with a D required nine brushstrokes. And, you know, you can't have nine brushstrokes. So Toyota requires only eight. Eight is significant because it's their lucky number. Listen to me. It's just like the Japanese, okay? I'm sorry, but the Japanese, they, they piss me off. Why? Okay? That's not their name. Cruise control was invented by Ralph Titor in 1948. Now, folks, get ready for this one. Ralph had a problem. He was blind. What? 
Ralph was blind and he was driving with his lawyer, probably because he was driving the day before and needed a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most no, likely. He was driving with his lawyer one day and he was shocked at how bad the, the lawyer drove that he was on the pedal and off the pedal and on the pedal <laughs> and off the pedal. And it didn't matter because he was blind. He could feel it. And he decided to invent a product that would keep the car going at a one steady, type of speed, a steady speed, and that became cruise control. So uh, thanks to blind Ralph Titor, okay, in 1948 for driving with his uh, horribly uh, capable lawyer. <laughs> yes, they usually are. Now, the name Chevrolet... Everyone's yep. got a Chevy. I I um I still own a Chevy Malibu. Uh, um, runs a great. It's a great car. In 1910, William Durant, uh, his creditors forced him out of his management role of General Motors, and he started it. Right, he started this company, General Motors, and the and they the creditors forced him out. But he didn't stay down for long. He teamed up with a Swiss race car driver and mechanic, Louis Chevrolet, right. to start a new motor company in 1911. And the name, uh, the pair named the company after Chevrolet. And the legend has it they developed a logo that resembled the Swiss cross of Chevrolet's homeland. There are other people who dispute that and say that Durant copied the bow tie logo of Chevrolet from a French hotel's wallpaper. Yeah, wow, that's wild. I mean, General Motors has such a cool history to it because, like, the Dodge Brothers and, you know, Chrysler, they were all working there and then they left. You know, because yeah. they felt they weren't treated right and they went and opened their own companies. And Durant ends up trying to fight them to the end and he really loses the company because he got so vicious. The average American spends more than, ready for this one, 42 hours stuck in traffic in their lifetime of driving. 42 hours stuck in traffic. You get stuck in traffic for 20 minutes. You're like screaming and yelling. <laughs> yeah. you just 42 hours. 42 hours. Forget it. Yeah. I only I only. Prepared. Oh, no, I'm sorry. What did I say in the driving lifetime in a year, in a year, in a year. That's even worse. In a year. <laughs> 42 hours. 42 wow. Hours so that's like year. that's just shy of two days sitting in traffic per year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Two days. And if you think about it, if there's 50 weeks, I mean, it's like an hour a week, pretty much yeah. you know, in traffic. For years now, automotive companies have been working on getting rid of something that most drivers and car owners say that they love so much. That is? And get ready, folks. It's that new car smell. Mm. It's actually a mix of about 50 volatile chemical plastic <laughs> compounds all put together to give us that new car smell that we love so much. So get a good whiff because they're trying to get rid of it. <laughs> and getting rid of you at the same time. You know, you can buy air fresheners that say new car smell. I know exactly. Is that wild? It's great. That's crazy. Hey, if you'd like to send us an email, you go to nickandroy.com or check out all of our previous episodes, over 70 episodes. Plus, all kinds of neat little nifty little things for you, including if you want to send your loved one a birthday message, you check it out there. All on NickAndRoy.com. Innovations. Ideas. The Totally Useless Information Podcast presents Inventions. Do you know the game Tetris? It was invented in 1984 by Alexei Papajatnov. <laughs> Great name. Papajatnov. Yeah. He should have called it Papajatnov. He lived in the Soviet Union, and at the time, you still had to seed 
your rights of invention to the government. So it's not until 1990 that he actually receives a royalty check for the invention of Tetris. So for the first six years, probably the most popular years, Soviet Union made the money on Tetris. Yeah. And in the meantime, his royalty checks were stacking up. Yeah. In fact, I think that's exactly what Reagan said when he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down the Tetris wall. <laughs> Wait, one more, one Tetris. more. He did say Tetris. Yeah. yeah you didn't I hear know. it. It was ble- Yeah, it was somehow there was a truck backing up and you couldn't hear him say Tetris wall. <laughs> this product does not have a patent and for very good reason in 1953 the rocket chemical company was looking to make a rust prevention solvent and degreaser it would be used in aerospace industries the reason why the company didn't apply for a patent they would have to disclose the ingredients and they were really afraid of copycat products the product wd-40 why is it called wd-40 because the previous 39 water displacement formulas did not work. WD, water displacement 40. Wow. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. It was like 40th try. Yeah. Garrett Morgan. Do you know his name? Sounds familiar. Why? Garrett Morgan. Most people don't know that name. I mean, we're smarter than the average people. But. He's responsible for saving. I have to laugh at that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Even I have to laugh at that. I'm talking about myself. Okay. He is responsible for saving millions of lives with his invention of the gas mask. Oh. And he also invented a hair straightening cream for women, the modern sewing machine that we know of today, and the traffic signal. I mean, this guy was all over the place just think about it if you drove up to a traffic signal your wife had perfectly pinned straight hair with a gas mask on and she had a beautiful dress that she made on her sewing machine and had to stop at a traffic light he invented all of those things (laughs) that's right he was kept busy here's the best part he was born in 1877 and he died in 1963, so he literally got to see all of them flourish. Oh, wow. That's he invented amazing. them in the late 1800s, early 1900s. But it's not till some 60-something, 70 years later that he still gets to see his inventions and in, uh, make it to fruition. Cool. 1963. Like that. that was a great year, wasn't it? Even though he died, but it's okay. Uh, yeah. Two great that people. Was year. That's right. The year <laughs> we were born. It, it, it takes two of us to replace one of him. I just want to say something. Yeah. You know, for years, Nick and I, of course, we're, we're high school buddies, uh, both grew up in New York and then went, went moved our separate ways I'm down in Florida and Nick's up in Toronto, Canada, which is a big distance. And uh, but we always stay in touch with each other. And we always used to say and I, I, I think about it from time to time. We always used to say, God, if, if people could hear our phone calls all those years, we would just do this. We do exactly what we're doing right now. That's right. <laughs> so you're privy to our personal. This is 40 calls. years of phone conversations way before the podcast was invented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're in, in uh, inventions here. Anti-lock brakes. Now mandated as standard equipment in all cars, modern anti-lock braking systems trace their roots back to 1971 when the Delco Moraine Company gave a prototype car anti-skid technology that was originally developed to help airplanes stop. Because those airplanes really need to stop. So wow. that's that's and I I believe that in a previous episode we were talking about Amish people driving around on horse-drawn carriages. 
Yeah. And I think that's why ABS breaks because they were drunk and the horse took off. <laughs> he did. Big now fat Ohio policeman. <laughs> now there, now there's horsepower. Folks, you got to listen to all our episodes because you got to stay up with us because we have these. They're in only inside jokes because you didn't listen to the last episode. That's right. And uh, yeah. while you're there, subscribe and share nickandroy.com. Oh, yes. And uh, and leave us uh, an email. You might be on the show. A scientist named Edward Benedictus mm-hmm. was working on a plastic material compound when his glass flask. You like the way I said that? His yeah. glass flask. flask fell to the floor. Oh. That's nice alliteration. It is. His glass fast flask, shaped as a phallic, <laughs> fell to the floor. But anyway, <laughs> well, when the glass flask falls to the floor, it breaks. And when it breaks, it doesn't shatter into a million pieces. And he looks at that and says, ooh, plastic, then glass. It doesn't shatter like glass. Thus, safety glass was invented for car windows. Way to go. What was his name again? And his name was Edward Benedictus. And he saved thousands of people that losing their eyesight from glass being and, of course, mis- misfigured faces through due to glass shattering and, you know, breaking in their face. Really cool. Cool story. So the next time you're at a birthday safety party glass on doors too. Of, of, of that's right. And safety glass on doors, not just automobiles, but on doors and, and buildings as yeah, well. So yeah. really great and quite useful invention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, um, as we get closer and closer to normal lives, we get to attend birthday parties and their birthday person is about to blow out their candle. And you're like, oh, my God, we just went through a pandemic. Why? I don't want to get all kind of spit all over me when they blow out the candles. Well, let me introduce you to Blowsy. It's a handy tool for blowing out birthday candles without spreading germs all over the cake. The Blowsy is essentially a hollow plastic tube with a fan at one end. When you blow into it, a sensor detects the airflow and activates the fan for a comparable burst of air. Ah. Meanwhile, the (laughs) germ-laden... The germs go around the tube and gets thrown back towards you. So you infect Ah. yourself. The only thing your potential germs come to contact with is yourself. The Blowsy. Oh, the Blowsy. I, I thought I purchased one of those in one of those sex shops. <laughs> it was called the Blowsy. <laughs> it was, was the name of your... Bl- never mind. I don't the- know. I think that was a vacuum cleaner. I'm it not really was sure. was the name of your sex doll. Blowsy. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Blowsy. <laughs> it's no hazel. It's Blowsy. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so we had, we had spoke about tea bags were actually an invention that came about due to samples that used to be put in these little bags. Right. But I didn't know the full story, and I got it. Thomas Sullivan would send out tea samples in small little silk pouches. But his patrons, when they would get them, they thought that this guy Thomas put them in there so that they could steep the tea instead of putting it in the metal balls that they used at that time to steep tea. And of course, they called up Thomas and said, hey, Thomas, this is ridiculous. It didn't make tea. Of course, the silk was too heavy of a woven fabric. It wouldn't let the tea actually steep. So instead of saying, oh, you guys are morons, I just put it in there to give you a little bit of tea to taste. He said, wow, what a great idea. And what he did was he got a less tight weave on a piece of gauze. And that's how the tea bag comes about. Now his samples were able to steep 
right there. And it became a tea bag. That's amazing. Oh, which wow. is another thing I read about in a sex shop. The old <laughs> yeah, tea bag. The old tea bagger. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And if you'd yes. like to go to our website, leave us an email, go to contact us. What's our website, you ask? Nick and Roy. Oh. Dot com. What's in the mail? Ah, mailbag. Yes, this one is from Betty Blosey. My <laughs> Why? What a coincidence! <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> She's so understanding. <laughs> this job blows. Yeah, I know. Vladimir, get ready. I love this. Guys, really, I love the fact that you guys are going to nickandroy.com and sending in mailbags. We are reading these. I'm actually calling Nick up sometimes at ungodly hours. He yeah. works really early. That's right, yeah. And and he sits on the toilet reading them, so you can just imagine some of the phone calls, but go exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. Could you imagine how upset Betty Blosey is? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't pay any attention to me I'm anymore. I'm sitting on the toilet. She's on my shoulders. But anyway... <laughs> Thanks for a great conversation. I'm like, hey, Nick. <laughs> Eat sold separately. All right. <laughs> Vladimir is from Gagori Pol, Moldova. Now, we're in 57, 58 countries, folks. Gregory Pol, Moldova. And by the way, he's not the only person in Moldova that listens to this show. I'm hoping it's him telling friends. So he says, he starts off, wow exclamation point exclamation point dot 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 he writes you guys are very funny exclamation point dot 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 and very interesting exclamation point dot 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 not much to do here in moldova (laughs) it sounds like it we're a big hit in moldova because there's nothing to do not only that but i think his keyboard is sticking i think the exclamation point is just stuck yeah so what I did is I bought a whole bunch of Betty dolls and I'm sending them to Moldova. I'll give them something to do. But anyway, and then he writes LOL. <laughs> so Let really me guess good. exclamation. And then he tells us I speak good English. <laughs> exclamation, exclamation. But then he explains himself. He says, how many countries, this is his question. How many countries have English as their primary language? And I said, wow, what a great question. Yeah. And it took Vladimir from Grigori Pol, Moldova. And the answer is 37 countries. America, of course. Canada, with the exception of Quebec, they speak French. Right, but primarily, in general, yeah. it's mainly English as their primary. Well, we have two official languages, English and French. In but Canada. your primary is English. It is. And uh, Barbados, many other parts of Africa, I mean, all over Africa, Grenada, New Guinea, Singapore, Thailand, and so on. It's amazing. 37 countries. So thank you. Thank you, Vlad. And please tell about uh, tell a friend in Moldova to listen. I think you have already because I believe we have like 12 listeners in Moldova, which is amazing. It is. If you guys have a question, you go to nickandroy.com. You send us an email. We will. I'm telling you, folks, send us an email. You're going to get on the show. Make it funny, too. And make it a good question, too. We love it. So that's our website in any language, nickandroy.com. What's in the mail? And now. 
for something completely useless. Get ready. I'm about to blow your mind. Okay? Just like the blow like Betty. Betty? Like, like Betty, Betty Blowsy, yes. <laughs> Betty Blowsy. Now, I know you're wearing headphones. So all of you in the audience, I, I we're going to do this all at the same time. I want you to take your finger and put it in your ear mm-hmm. and scratch it. Yeah. And listen to that sound. Try it. Yeah, I'm okay. doing it. Yeah. It sounds like this. The Pac-Man Waka Waka sound. Oh, wow. So if you take your finger and you scratch the inside of your ear, it sounds just like the Waka Waka sound as the uh, little man. Oh, no, Betty. No, no, Betty. He said ear. (laughs) (laughs) Today we talked about inventions. We talked about all kinds of... <laughs> Cars and inventions and Betty Blowsy, it's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. A man was spotted on camera in HBH Wallacott, it's a store in Cornwall, England, mm. trying to steal an electrical item by hiding it down his trousers. But he was caught by the security staff before he left. He tried to steal a massive sound bar by, oh hiding, by, hiding it into his, by hiding it in his trousers and trying to sneak out of the shop. But he was he caught. Said, by, he said to them on the way out, hey, guys, how you doing? I got to get home. I make pornographic films. <laughs> yes. He wanted to the check. The man has a sound bar down his trousers. That's right. Like a big, a but, big but it's a massive sound bar, right? You know, hey, check out my woofers. Where'd he put the bass section? <laughs> <laughs> In the back. In the video, the man can be seen with enormous items sticking out of the top of his trousers before he lifts his top and tries to conceal the rest of it in his jacket, so he's adjusting it. The thief was trying to best conceal this enormous package, poor guy. Uh, Until he realized that it was actually a speaker for the store that he was in, so as he was walking out, they were like, clean up on aisle 12. (laughs) No. (laughs) So he said the sound bar... Was it uh, he was attempting to steal was probably the biggest one they've got. And so the area he was in was about halfway down the store. So they left they left him just by himself. So they waited until the store manager waited until he walked towards the front of the door and then confronted him. Now, how did he walk? He had to walk with a serious limp. He, you know, he couldn't bend his knee. No, he couldn't. Not at all. Now, a lot of people uh, now the store manager was so uh, amused by this. He posted the video online. And people were commenting. He was saying, uh, imagine if the thief was stealing a vacuum cleaner. You would need a much bigger pair of trousers. And the other one wrote, is that a sound bar in your trousers? You're just pleased to see our deals. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one wrote online, I wonder where he hid the remote control. I put a vacuum cleaner down my trousers once. Did you? Uh, <laughs> it was an enlightening experience. It was. <laughs> and Betty Blowsy was born. Betty Blowsy, that's how to right. blow her up. If I you have a wacky news item from around the world, send us I an email. I can't understand why he thought he was going to get away with the sound bar stuck in his trousers. And he was trying to adjust his shirt so that he couldn't conceal it. So not only the sound bar was so long, 
it, it, it went all the way down to his feet, all the way up past the top of his trousers. At least They're we like, don't... hey, is that a sound bar in your trousers? Oh, you're just really happy to see our deals. <laughs> and that's all the time that we have, thankfully, for this episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We will scour the internet far and wide to get more useless information for you guys next time. Till then, send us an email at nickandroy.com and maybe Betty Blousey will return her email back to you. That should be interesting. It would be. Please don't stick your fingers too far in your ear. That's a disclaimer that we want to. Or in any other orifice. Waka, 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 waka. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 